Praise the Lord on today, everybody. This is Minister Anthony Bonner of Truth Turned Up Ministries coming to you live today with a word entitled, The Prison of Self-Pity. The Prison of Self-Pity. All know what a prison is. There are physical prisons which detain and house men and women who've committed crimes that they've been convicted of, some justly, some unjustly. And then there's the unseen spiritual prisons, which our lack of knowledge, our ignorance, our rebellion keep us confined in and going on to experience the fullness of God, his grace, his love, his mercy, and the wonderful inheritance in which the blood of Jesus has set aside for those who will dare press unto this place, who will dare seek their purpose with persistence, with passion, and with the fervent assistance of the Holy Spirit, allowing them to take steps that they didn't even know that they were capable of taking and soaring to heights that were unseen and unknown to those beings who will dare open themselves up to receive this type of empowerment from their helper, the helper who was sent back to leading God all into truth, into a deeper relationship with their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and into the place of power. This is the position given to the believer. The prison of self-pity. Self-pity is defined as excessive, self-absorbed unhappiness over one's own trouble. Excessive self-absorbed. It means to be self-absorbed. It means that you're so focused on you, your life, and what's going on, and what's not going on in your life that you can't clearly see. You're blinded by your circumstances. You're blinded by the conditions and the chaos that is temporarily bombarding you to distract you and to deter you from the path and the place that God wants to lead you into. The Bible is very clear in multiple places that we are to cast our cares. In First Thessalonians, I believe it is. Oh, I'm sorry, it actually is not. It is in 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7 where it tells you to cast your cares upon the Lord for he cares for you. We are to cast our cares because the Lord cares for us and it is not our job to care for ourselves in the manner in which we have been taught, in which we have been trained, in which we have been tricked into believing that it is. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. See, casting your cares allows you to not be self-absorbed. It allows you to break out of the prison of self. Anything that has self in it will eventually self-destruct. Self-interest, self-care, being self Exorbed, being selfish, anything with self in it is going to be destroyed. It's going to self-destruct. It's going to distract you from entering into this glorious place of surrender and experiencing the fullness of the grace of God upon your life, over your life, and in your life. Because he tells you in 1 Peter 5, Seven, he says, casting all your care upon him, for he cared for you. This is an invitation to enter into God's rest. This is an invitation to allow the power of God to be magnified in your life so that others may see 
the greatness of God's power and his love and his commitment toward humanity from generation to generation. It says in Psalms 37 and 5, which is saying the same thing as casting your care. It says, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. It is amazing how human nature continues to ex uh, insist on having its own way, on doing its own thing, on leaning toward its own understanding, in denying God to have the rightful place in their lives as number one, not number two, in pressing into the word of God so the word of God can press in you, open you up and enlighten you that you can be like the people in the book of Matthew when Jesus had entered into the region and the valley of the shadow of death. He said that light had sprung up. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, light had sprung up, meaning understanding had now entered into their realm. Wisdom had now entered into their realm. They can now get what they needed to no longer sit in the valley of the shadow of death and be totally dependent upon the Roman Empire, the, the strategies of the Roman system of living, being, and having their moving. They can now overcome everything that had overcome them and had tried to steal their purpose, steal their prosperity, steal their position as the apple of God's eye, being the favored nation of Israel, whom God had chosen out of all other nations to bring forth his seed in his appointed time. He says, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, meaning give it up, hand it over, cast your care upon me, because I see what's holding you back. I see what's attacking you. I see what's uh, limiting you from progressing. That which is limiting you from within you and that which is limiting you that is outside of you. I will deal with it. Commit it unto me. Trust in me. And he says, he shall bring it to pass. You don't have to bring it to pass. Your Lord and Savior who fights for you. Your Lord and Savior who died for you. Your Lord and Savior who is omnipotent, who's omnipresent, who's omniscient shall deal with it on your behalf. But because people insist on rising on their own and denying God control over their lives, they continue to self-destruct. They continue to hold on to the reins of their lives and experience the pain and, 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 and the perils that come with trying to run your own life. It matters not whether you are male or female. It matters not what race you are. It matters not even what age you are. None of us are capable of handling our own lives without the divine assistance and empowerment of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because the enemy is too cunning. He's too subtle. He's too powerful. He attacks us in the place that we're incapable of resisting him, which is our flesh. It is only after we are born again, after we've been crucified, after we've laid our life down to deny ourselves and pick up our cross and truly be a seeker of the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that we're able to resist the devil and cause him to flee. Too many times our emotions are still alive. Our intellect is still alive. We lean toward our own understanding. We want to assist God. We want to have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof because we do not want to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. We do not want to let him to exalt us in his due time or his season. 
We don't want to be on the bottom. We don't want to be last. And when I say we, I'm talking about human nature. I'm talking about humanity. I'm talking about mankind collectively. Yes, God has anointed some in the midst of that group of people who believe him, who've been hand selected before the foundations of the earth or the world, just like Jesus was, just like Enoch was, just like Elisha was, hallelujah, just like Melchizedek was, uh, to walk this walk out just as Jesus Christ was, so that others can see it, so that there can be living witnesses that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The prison of self-pity. Is this not a place that humanity from its very existence after the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden has continued to abide? Even though 2,000 years later, we find ourselves, the sails have been opened, the keys have been made available, the wisdom and knowledge and understanding to get out of that prison and to no longer abide in it, to assure that you and every generation to come after you no longer has to live that type of minimal and low existence, that you don't have to keep crying for reparations when reparations have already been given through the blood of Jesus who came to restore us back into the place where God can deal with our enemies and restore upon us everything that has been stolen from us in every generation. But the greatest gift he wants to give to us is our peace that we can rest as God works and as he fixes it and as he straightens it out. Because the Bible says that he will go before you and make that straight which has been made crooked. Hallelujah. Only God can make it straight. But because men love darkness more than they love light, they don't trust the Lord. They don't uh, want fellowship with the Lord. They don't want to lay down their lives to pick up this new life. The book of Romans tells us that we are to walk in this newness of life. New means new. The old thing has completely passed away. The old man has passed away. He's been crucified with Christ Jesus. Now I've been given access to a wisdom that is so profound that even the enemy has not access to it. So God can open doors and close doors. God can order my steps and maneuver me in such a way that it won't be impeded. I won't even be detected because the power of God is so profound. He controls all things. And because he says, if I before you, who can be against you? That's exactly what he means. But man has to have the desire to want to come to the prison of self-pity and stop blaming everything and everyone else for his failure. His failure lies in his lack of knowledge. His failure or her failure lies in the fact that they love being the victim. The failure lies in the fact that they trust in the wrong people and in the wrong systems. There's a prominent athlete today who made a statement which is not true. It has never been true. It may be partially true for some people, but he can't speak for all people. And what he said was that we as African-Americans, we are afraid, we are terrified. Well, I'm here to dispute that statement right now in the name of Jesus. I am not afraid because the Lord has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I am not terrified because I know that I'm more than a conqueror. I know who my heavenly father is. I know what he's capable of. I know that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him. I am fully persuaded that he is who he says he is and that he shall do what he shall, he shall do. I know that the enemy cannot touch a hair of my head. The enemy has no say in my life or over my life. That no weapon formed against me shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against me shall be condemned. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. 
because of his authority, because of his power, because he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Because for this purpose was he made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil or of the enemy. Because we have the blind leading the blind, the Bible says, shall they not both fall into the ditch in Luke 6 and 39. We have blind leaders, blind celebrities, blind politicians, blind preachers, blind pastors, blind clergy, and just blind people leading other blind people. And they're following each other. Having a zeal for God, but not wanting to make a commitment to him. Just wanting to date Jesus, but not marry him. Not understanding that Jesus is not with fornication like that. The Bible even says it, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. He says, flee fornication for every sin that a man committed is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. And I'm not necessarily talking about physical fornication between two people in the flesh. You can fornicate in the spirit realm by not being faithful to the things of God that have been committed unto you and you know that are required of you. We're talking about escaping the prison of self-pity. Self-pity is self-inflicted. A self-inflicted gunshot wound. A self-inflicted wound to your relationship. A self-inflicted wound to your health by continuing to smoke or drink heavily. A self-inflicted wound to your body by continuing to eat Foods high in sodium or high in cholesterol or high in fats or other things that are not healthy to you. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. People get saved, but they don't go in to get the fullness of salvation because they get happy at that religious level and they get happy just proclaiming things that they don't have the understanding in how to bring forth. So they continue to stay on the porch or in the basement, not going on to the in-depthness of what the salvation of Jesus Christ has fully afforded every man and woman of every race of every generation because they remain in the prison of self-pity, always playing the victim once again. The Bible tells us in Psalms 55 and 22, again, it says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Cast your burden. Give it up. Hand it over. What is troubling you in this life? God says, give it to me and allow me to fix it. And in the meantime, while I'm fixing it, yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yes, it's going to be challenging. Yes, you're going to feel like you've been left alone. But I've already told you to seek me while I may be found. I've already told you to study to show yourself approved. I've already told you to rest in me because I'm going to rescue you. I am rebuilding you from the inside out. Things are not what they seem. Grow up in me, mature. Walk by faith and not by sight. Death and life lies in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Learn to speak only those things you want to see. Trust fully in me. Walk with others who walk with me. If you can't find them, then stand alone until I send someone into your life. Yes, no one on the earth knows me fully. The only one who ever knew me fully was my son, Jesus Christ. Everyone else is known in me in part. Now, some may know me in a bigger part than you, of course, because I said, be it unto you according to your faith. You can't measure yourself by another man or woman of God. You can't live the life that another man or woman of God lives unless you're going to pay the same kind of sacrifice. 
God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of commitment. And because we're so foolish and we're so prideful and we're stuck in such deep levels of self-pity, we get envious and jealous of people who have a heavier or a greater anointing, who have a better understanding. We want the knowledge, but we don't want to go through the process or pay the price. I'm going to say that again. People want the knowledge that other men and women have, but they don't want to go through the hell. They don't want to sacrifice. They don't want to suffer. They don't want to separate from the world and the things of the world. And they're used to being around people who accommodate them, who allow them to operate in this dark place of foolishness that all is well when it is not well. It can be well, but it's going to be according to you denying yourself, picking up your cross. The standard of our Lord and Savior has not changed. It shall never change. He's the Lord our God who changes not. But generations have changed. The, 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 the push and the passion after the ancient paths have changed. People continue to change. They continue to settle for the crumb that falls from the master's table, not understanding the master of those that are in the family of God does not give his children crumbs from a table. He gives them a seat at the table to partake of the whole meal. This master is the devil. He's the enemy. He's the dark one who will feed his soldiers, his sons and daughters, who dwell in darkness and unrighteousness and wickedness, the crumbs that fall from the table. They have to work two and three jobs. They don't get sleep. They don't have joy. They don't have rest. They don't have a living hope looking forward to the future. They don't have power to fall on their knees and pray. They don't make time to study the word. They don't love their neighbors as they love themselves. They don't love anybody because they're in the prison of self Pity. They are self-absorbed. My brothers and my sisters, God, through Jesus Christ, has given us a most blessed space to occupy, to walk in the newness of life. Walking in this newness of life requires you to be a person that God transforms who will sacrifice your time, sacrifice your talent, sacrifice your resources, and even sacrifice your life. On behalf of attaining this blessed place, this blessed hope. And then when you attain it, you have such appreciation for it that you want everybody else to have it. That you will bestow it upon other people who are hurting, who are dying, who are lost, who are perishing. You will know that your labor and your death and your separation was not in vain. That it was actually divinely inspired because God is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And the only way you can worship him in spirit and in truth is if you get out of untruth, hallelujah, and the flesh. That's a hard place. That's a hard saying. Who can handle it? Except those who are in serious relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is the conclusion of the whole matter. We are not terrified. We are not scared. We are not overcome by the tactics of the enemy anymore. Because I've given my life away. I've cast all my cares. I have the mind of Christ. I no longer have a natural mind. I have a supernatural mind. I'm no longer moved by my emotion or the cares of this life. I'm content in all circumstances. But yet, though I'm content in all circumstances, I am still uh, abiding in great expectancy. I operate in great hope. My expectations are beyond anything I can speak 
because the promises of God equipped me to be that way. It, it, it empowers me to stay that way, regardless of what my temporary issues may be. I understand that this is a temporary picture, that the fullness of the revelation of what God is going to do in my life has not yet been revealed because day by day my outer man may be perishing, but my inner man is being renewed, meaning I'm being filled with new power, new passion, new understanding, new wisdom for new things that God wants to do in my life. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that this message will quicken you, that it will shake you, that it will dare you to believe. It doesn't matter if you're in Iraq, Germany, England, France, Australia, the Netherlands, Africa, the United States of America, in a ghetto, in a mansion, in a shammy shack, in a village, sleeping in a homeless shelter, black, white, African-American, Jewish, or any other race or ethnicity, whether you have no dollars or one billion dollars, whether you're in debt or you think you're set for life, whether you have children or no children, that your situations matter not, that every situation and every circumstance must bow to the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that because he's one, if you will lose your life to find it, if you will seek him as a deer panted by the water, if you will seek him as if it was treasure in a field, he shall be found by you and he shall begin to restore your life and polish you up so that all who have seen you in your broken state may witness his power and love over you in your whole state. In Jesus' name, as he brings you out of the prison of self-pity and seats you in the palace of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.